Ephesians 5, and we'll continue <coughs> in the outline that we've got there. Part 7, Convicting Distinction, verses 8 to 14. We've noticed where light radiates. We notice tonight what light, light repudiates and maybe what light, why light regenerates. And so verse 11, what light repudiates and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things that are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. Whatever doth make manifest is light. Therefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and rise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Let's pray. Thank you for your folk that have gathered together tonight. Lord, we thank you for the word that we can share and be challenged by and bless it to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> so, what light repudiates? What is done in darkness is not something with which we can compromise. And uh, darkness, don't compromise with it, is in the outline. We live in a day of compromise. You look around and... Uh, you read, read some books of 100 years ago. They wouldn't put up with the compromise that churches do everywhere today. And um, watering down the word of God is where, it, where it's at. And the compromise in, in getting the world into the church, into the, instead of the church out into the world and saving souls, people who are unsaved are in the church and the compromise is happening. Religious, sp spiritual things are watered down not to offend. And um, <clears throat> here we have what it said in verse 11, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Instead of us reproving them, they're reproving us when we go to compromise. So this I've called a no-go area, hmm. no tolerance area. We must take a, we must need to take a firm stand and hear the word reprove. Is used. Have no fellowship with the works of un unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. And it means to convict. Uh, let's turn to First Peter chapter two, verse nine, eleven, and twelve, and see the thought expanded there a bit in First Peter two, verse nine. To start with, now you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. A peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvellous light. We are different. We are chosen. We're a royal priesthood. What did God expect of the priesthood in the Old Testament? Holiness. Holiness. Don't go in there with sin, because there's dire consequences. As um, Aaron's two sons found out with the strange fire, didn't they? And so <clears throat> we're a chosen generation. There's a difference. There's no compromise allowed. And because God is a long-suffering God and gracious and, and uh, uh, is not speedy in executing judgment, then people think then that, that, that no, no worries. We can do this and get away with compromise. And no, it's not on. Verse 11 and 12 of First Peter 2. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from the fleshly lust 
which war against the soul, no compromise with fleshly lusts, having your conversation, we looked at that last week, honest among the Gentiles. They can't speak against you as evildoers, and they may buy your good works. You see, if there's no good works, if there's no testimony, there's no, there's no self, often no salvation. And there needs to be that no compromise, so there is a testimony. Uh, <clears throat> where to re- reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. As Paul said, I think it was to Timothy. We're to reprove as John the Baptist did when he reproved King Herod for stealing his brother's wife, Philip's wife, in Luke 3.19. He boldly, he publicly denounced Herod Antipas for what he had done. He refused to compromise with the unfruitful works of darkness, as it tells us in Ephesians. Safety dictated silence on this occasion. He could have said, well, if I keep my mouth shut, I'll be safe. But he didn't. He opened and didn't compromise and spoke the truth. He opened his mouth and spoke the truth. He spoke out, he spoke up. And so regardless of the consequences, we cannot compromise with what's done in darkness. No fellowship is the word in Ephesians. And so-called Christians that can go into worldly places and sense no conviction and feel uncomfortable in those places and grieve the spirit are are indeed questionable Christians, spurious Christians, we could say. 1 John chapter 1, there it talks about having fellowship. And if we're going to have fellowship, it has to be with those walking in the light. If we say we fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. If we walk in the light, he... He is in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And so a fellowship is with those that walk in the light. What about, what about a little bit of compromise? What about just if you know the truth, you know the word of God, and hey, listen, there's the 19 basic doctrines that are fundamental to the Christian faith. What if we just bend a little bit? Where does it end? What does the Bible say about a little bit of leaven? Levels the whole, leavens the whole up. And so... Just a little bit, and and today, folks, we need not to compromise. We need to watch out, watch out for the leaven, and not give in or give way to in any. You know, the the pressure will be put on you. You'll you'll be tried. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take a stand on this this truth, and then the, the the test will come to see if you really mean it, and often it'll be close friends, family members. And how many, how many a Christian has compromised because of that or those two basic areas? You know, people stay in churches that are going down, down, down because all my friends are here. This is where I've been for years. And they don't come out. And uh, if you're in the majority, what should you do in a church? If the conservative folks and the non-compromising people in the majority, you should stick with it. But when that becomes the other, swings the other way, then you should get out. I remember um, uh, John and Lorna uh, in the church over in the Baptist Union in Wodonga. John was there, helped get the property, helped start that over there. If you, if you didn't know that, he did. And uh, he told me how they got that property for, for, for nothing, almost, <laughs> through the public purse. Anyway, <laughs> he... 
they started going off on their music and they started going from their doctrine and the things they had up the front and people how they were dressed when they stood up the front and um, they just said we can't continue this and they wrote the pastor Mr Smith at the time and um, told him and he let a, wrote a big letter back I read it <laughs> not that I'm trying to pry in but they said look read this that was not long after that both they got married and started coming along here well Lorna was coming first so there was no conference yeah they had to take a stand they were convicted about it and others have said that now will it be popular no you won't be popular when you take a stand when you don't compromise there won't be a lot of people where you go to either take heart <laughs> think of Noah Take heart, think of Jeremiah. <laughs> Take heart, think of Isaiah. Think of the people that God used to pen the scriptures. They said, no compromise. Lowered into a pit. Fed to the lions. Daniel. That's why it gives us Hebrews 11. To say, listen, folks, in, in generations to come, look at these as in samples or examples of people that stood for the truth. It'll cost. But it's, it, it'll be worth it. In eternity so what light repudiates it it repudiates compromise secondly in verse 12 it repudiates certain types of conversation if you go back there for what for it is a shame even to speak of those things that are done of them in secret <clears throat> today have you found there is no shame and less and less shame people on the media on the television are are so wicked and foul in their speech and it doesn't take long to look and listen to a person to see that he's, he's rotten to the core there. You can just see his morality is bad. Everything is suggestive. His jokes are wicked. And this is the conversation. We're not to participate. This is why we separate from that in the conversation. So no shame. Brazenly and boastful, boastfully they talk about secret things which are done in private and they shouldn't even be done, but they boast about them when they do do them. The base and bestial practices of wicked people are not fit topic for the children of God to discuss glibly. To denounce, yes, but not to, not to extend the example and, and, and make people's minds, Christians' minds, wander off in the wrong way. And the, the word translated shame in this verse <clears throat> is a shame even to speak of those things is translated filthy in Titus, in Titus 1.11. This word can also be translated deformed or ugly. With what God's standard is, this is a shame to speak of these ugly, deformed things that non-Christians talk about, that have done of them in secret. Uh, <clears throat> it's indecent and offensive to modesty and purity. And people who practice such behaviour are shameful in their, in their behaviour. <clears throat> A shame even to speak of those things. And sometimes you'll be in the hearing of those things. And that's why it's got an off button. Whether it be a computer, television, radio. Or that's why you've got legs you can walk out. Daniel. You know, you, you, uh, Joseph, was it? Fled, walked. Flee from these things. It talks about it. These are sleazy conversations. It's coming from sleazy lips that we ought not participate in. In Proverbs chapter 4, in the Old Testament, Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 14, 
There's good wisdom in them. Book of Proverbs, isn't there, that we can learn from. Chapter 4 and verse 14. Enter not into the path of the wicked. Go not into the way of evil men. Avoid it. Pass not by it. Turn away from it and pass away. For they sleep not except they've done mischief. And their sleep is taken away unless they cause someone to fall. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. Down in verse 24 of the same chapter, we read, Put away from thee the froward mouth and the perverse lips put far from thee. In other words, don't listen to them. It's a shame for what they talk about. So <clears throat> what light repudiates? Compromise. It tells us not to compromise. Walk in the light instead. Not to listen to the filthy conversation of the wicked. And why light regenerates? In chapter 5 of Ephesians and verse 13. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. Whatever doth make manifest is light. Hmm. Why light regenerates? Well, first of all, it's the work of the Holy Spirit. He works through the light. <clears throat> and reproved here. In verse 13, all things that are reproved are made manifest. And the Holy Spirit uses the light to do so. It reproved means to convict, to bring to a, to a verdict of being guilty. Um, <clears throat> have you ever been out in the bush or maybe out fishing with Mr McConnell? <laughs> I don't know, you might not do this. <laughs> Looking for body grubs. You roll over a log, a rotten log. I know we used to do it as, as kids to see what was under the logs. Us three boys, enough of us to roll a log, a good-sized log over. And what would you find underneath? All the, all the bugs that love the darkness. You might find a body grub if you're lucky if a bit of wood falls off and he's inside of it. You might find a centipede. And where we lived, lots of scorpions, if you put them on your hook. <laughs> but uh, all sorts of beetles, cockroaches, and um, all those little, they love the darkness. Worms. worms. Yeah, <laughs> that's, what, that's really what you're looking for, <laughs> the, the worms. <laughs> but um, when I first went, I didn't do a lot of fishing, but I went, Jim Spaulding, he used to do a lot of fishing. That's Ken Spaulding's son. And he, he would say, we're not allowed to do this, but I'll show you how it's done. <laughs> And he went out to where the tree, the leaf line is on the tree. He had a shovel, it was around here dry, and you just skim it off, just skim the leaves and tops all off, and when you find a nice round hole, and you stick a stocking on the end of a stick down, and the buddy grub gets a hold of it and gets your teeth tangled up in it, and you pull it out and go, pop! He <laughs> actually pops out of the hole. Is that right? right. Yep. <laughs> and so you got. Well, you can eat the body grub, or you could put him on a hook and catch a bigger thing like a fish <laughs> and, and eat the fish. But anyway, that's off the mark. <laughs> We're thinking of works of darkness, things that are found there, that um, the Holy Spirit will come and convict in our hearts. You see, there's recesses even in the hearts of the Christian, depths to which we can sink in our thought life, you know, and what we think we become. If we think on it long enough and don't discard the thought, what is it? You can, a bird can land on your head, but you don't have to let it what? 
make a nest. And so it's, it's like that, you know, when the, these thoughts come that are base and evil and feed the old nature, which, which loves to be fed, by the way, the sugary diet it has of evil, and we need to get rid of it. You know, the, the, it's something you see, something you hear, something you taste or smell, you can bring a thought back from the old life, and the Holy Spirit says, no, move away, get away. Don't do it. Go, don't, go, don't go there. So when the Holy Spirit does his convicting work, what is it said in the Gospel of John, chapter 16 and verse 8? When he, the Holy Spirit, is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, and he will convict. So why light regenerates? Because the Holy Spirit uses it to expose, <laughs> you know, and that we, we sang a hymn about holiness. God wants us to walk a holy life. Um, <clears throat> the work of the Saviour is the second point we find in verse 14. Why, why light regenerates? It's the work of the Saviour. Wherefore, in verse 14, he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. It's the work of the Saviour to, to give this light. Hmm. Awake thou that sleepest. <laughs> You ever done that to a person that's sleeping and awoken them? It talks about a person in Proverbs that makes a loud noise early in the morning and wakes everybody up, like a neighbour with a loud exhaust. Or, or like a Danny Valure at Camp Murrindindi. He had to go to work as a policeman in Melbourne, so he left about four o'clock. So from the bottom to the top, he blew his horn all the way. If I'm awake, you're all awake. <laughs> we didn't get to pay him back on that one. And he was sitting in church the other day here. I didn't recognise him. He just popping past. Yeah, Tony, you, you weren't at Murrindindi, but he's the sort of character to do that, isn't he? He was. <laughs> but um, waking someone, startling them. You know, we used to, <laughs> again, us young fellows used to go down the paddock you know, cow is chewing his cud and has got his eyes open and is just staring. Um, <laughs> you know, they're sort of asleep. And you go up and give them a good whack on the back or something. And they're on their four legs in no time. You know, as long as you don't stand in front of them, you're right. But sometimes we need waking like that. Sometimes we get complacent with where we're at. We get comfortable. And sometimes the, whole, the, the Lord Jesus Christ needs to expose us to the light by a, a jolt or a jerk or a, an awakening. What is it that we need awakening from? Well, spiritual apathy. In the day in which we live, we're, you know, we're comfortable with so much we have in the mortal that we can be spiritually apathetic toward the things of God, souls that are lost, Christian living, holiness, spiritual sluggardry. Are we like the sloth, spiritually speaking? <clears throat> We've gone into spiritual hibernation and can't be woken like the old bear. Can we backslide? Yes, we can, each one of us. Never say we can't. We, are, we, we have the old nature that can help us go there and go there quickly. Um, <clears throat> don't go into spiritual slumber. Israel did. 
and the consequences were disastrous. They are put out of the land. In Hebrews 3, we won't turn there, but in Hebrews 3, they departed from the living God, verse 12. In verse 13, they hardened their heart through the deceitfulness of sin. And we can go there too. It didn't take them long, did it? When they got the kings in the land. The <laughs> Saul, we're talking about him today a bit, how, how bad he was. And David, so, and David, he, did he slip? Hey, he was a man after God's own heart, but did he do some wrong things? Some pretty badly wrong things. And, and then Solomon started well. What happened? At the end of his life, a thousand concubines and wives, 3,700. And, um, and then he wrote the books we wrote and said, don't do that. <laughs> I've done it wrong at the end. And um, <clears throat> then you get uh, after him, his children, Rehoboam and Jeroboam. And it was on then, wasn't it? Compromise. Going, God needs to wake us from our spiritual slumber. Let's turn to Romans chapter 13 and verse 11 through to 14. Awake thou that sleepest. And the Saviour needs to shake us. Who was it? There was someone at camp. Couldn't wake him up. Incredible. I <laughs> One touch, if you touch me when I'm asleep, I'm awake. <laughs> Some people, you rattle and rattle and they still go on. I think it was a working bee with some of the men. It might have been worn out. <laughs> but some Christians need awakening. Romans 13, verse 11, we read here, and that knowing that the time, the time that now it is high time to awake out of our sleep, well, now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. That, that's so true, isn't it? Every day is closer to our, the salvation of our body, our mortal body. We're saved, yes, and secured, but we're closer to the day of meeting the Lord. Let us put on the armour of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in um, chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. And... <clears throat> The work of the Saviour is to wake us and to enlighten us, as it tells us there and in other verses. <clears throat> Excuse me. What will the Lord do to those that are hard to wake up spiritually? They're Christians, they're saved, but they're not walking in the light. Is there, a, is there scripture to say what he can do to wake us? Well, a reprobate is unsaved, so, yep, <laughs> they're there on down the road of rep no return sort of thing, one-way street. Trials and tribulations, that's the word, isn't it? And it tells us in the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 12 and verses 5 through to 15, and God does this, and, uh, and with, if we're out without, without the chastisement, we are illegitimate sons, as it says in that scripture there. And it's for our good and for his glory to awaken us out of our spiritual slumber to walk for the Lord in the light. And the third thing that's not in the book of Ephesians that I thought would be good to put in here, it's 
and it's not in the outline on the, in a bulletin, but it's a work of the sword as well. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correct, correction and instruction in righteousness. The four things that the word of God is good for. Get into the book that the light might shine. <laughs> the light might be turned off, turned on. <clears throat> in Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than two ed- any two-edged sword, dividing asunder the soul and spirit and joints and marrow. So the word of God, it's a light unto our path, the psalmist has said. Uh, <clears throat> and so we need to walk in the light and not in darkness. And these are the areas by which we can be helped and the ones that can help us, the spirit, the saviour and the sword that are, two of them are, are listed here. So what, where light radiates and what light repudiates is uh, those two that we look at tonight.